Hello and good afternoon to all of our Be Awesome at FM. And this is a special one because it's a two podcast episode. Uh, so Paul and I are the hosts for the Be Awesome at Facility Management podcast. And we brought in a third person, a third host, because we're really going to beat up on today's guest. <laughs> we brought in none other than Burke Jones, who I predicted a year ago would have one of the top, if not the top, Facility Management for Schools podcast within a couple of years, and he's well on his way. So, Burke, good good afternoon to you, and thanks for thanks for taking the challenge and joining us here. Hey, you know, it's kind of the dream team. I had a good mentor, you know, and Josh when I started my podcast. So uh, it's been a lot of fun. Um, school facilities and operations. Um, we talked to other operations directors and then some trade partners. So I'm happy to join this with like the dream team on the screen right here. Well, I don't think our guest is going to tell us how he came to inviting us, but you did an awesome post yesterday about imposter syndrome and having imposter syndrome and feeling like everybody on your podcast is smarter, more likable and better looking than you. And I felt bad. So I know <laughs> all you guys are smarter, better looking and more likable than me. So I'm, I'm that guy. I'm the imposter in the room. Uh, with this cast of characters. So before we get to the guests, more Paul, where the heck are you today? I'm, I'm home. I'm in the uh, ground level studio, which means all the grandchildren have gone off to school. Beautiful. <laughs> and that way there I can live on the on the living level and not have to ban be banished to the attic. Awesome. Awesome. And and this is live and I'm hitting, we're hitting numbers. People are popping in here like crazy. So nice. pop, put your questions in LinkedIn or YouTube. I'm going to be, I'm going to be tracking that. And now we're going to get to the man of the hour to put this together in less than 24 hours. Uh, it's none other than Turner USD, uh, Kansas Director of Facilities and President, which was what we're going to get into, President of the KADPF, which he's going to give us what the acronym stands for and all that other good stuff. Uh, none other than Mr. Chris Crockett. Chris, good, hey, good to see you all. Thank you all very much for, for putting this together and, and for bringing it together so last minute and excited to see what you guys have well we we talked about doing this a while back and i think between the world getting crazy for all of us and your summer projects and facilities and schools uh we just we just didn't get to it and now we're um well shoot we're less than a month this is crunch time before your big conference but we're going to talk about everything kadpf related and for a piece of fact uh, Burke is also a director of facilities in a Kansas school district derby, uh, doing awesome work there. He's been on our podcast before, so every once in a while I'll miss a bullet point because we've talked about it already. But uh, Burke is is in the trenches as well, and Paul's in the trenches. And how many different districts are you in right now with Mr. Retired Life? Uh, all total, about five, but two of them are like as needed. So, yeah. So I'm just on retainer, and they call me when they need something. Yeah, um, and then a couple of mentoring uh, gigs, which are kind of cool. I, I, I enjoy working with the younger facilities people because we seem to be struggling to get younger folks in, in to do our jobs. Um, yeah. And then my two regulars in, in two towns of Boxford and, and Topsfield, two great historic towns in uh, Massachusetts, on the north side of Massachusetts. Before we get going, I mean, when you say as needed with a name like more Paul, it's it's more needed. So uh, you know, that's why I say enjoy enjoying retired life, working a couple full time jobs. But yeah. uh, uh, that's what you that's what you guys have to look forward to, and uh, hopefully a, a long time from now, because you guys are just getting started, Chris and Burke. So, so Chris, first and foremost, 
What is KADPF? KADPF is the Kansas Association of Plant Facility Directors. Um, so it is folks in, in K-12 education, it's folks in higher education, um, on the operational side of uh, the facilities. So it can be anywhere from custodial supervisors, maintenance supervisors, um, and, and they don't even have to be supervisors. We have some people, I'm taking a team of about 10 probably, that's what I usually take. Um, and it's everybody from, you know, departmental supervisors to people in the, in the trenches just as a day-to-day -day custodian. Um, so it, I, it's just a very diversified group of operational support for, for education. Right on. And, and how long has it been around? Um, since the mid-50s. Uh, so it was established back in the mid-50s um, by a group that they used to rotate around the state. And I, I believe it was Salina, Wichita, and Topeka that they would rotate their conference around so that people could not have to travel as far. Um, for the past, gosh, I want to say eight years, we've been locked into Topeka um, because it's just, it's really the only venue that can host what we do. Um, there is a venue down in Wichita that we've, we've started looking at to see if we can rotate it down there once in a while, but we've visited places out in Salina, Manhattan, um, and, and even further west, and there just isn't a hotel convention center that can accommodate the, the size that we've grown to be. What is the size? How, how many people? So we, we've got about 60, 60 plus, around 62 vendors at the trade show. Um, which is a pretty good sized trade show. And, uh, and then our membership is usually around a hundred, um, typically about 50 different school districts involved, um, so school districts and higher education. We've got, um, Butler community college, um, Hutchinson community college, Washburn university. So different, different levels, but all re revolving around education. Wow. That's great. That's it's a great, it's a great conference. I would, so I started this job in 2019, um, did not go that year. I'm trying to remember when I went, it was the first one after COVID. So 21, probably. 22, I think. Okay. So went to 22, um, missed last year cause I had another commitment and I hated to miss it, but I was just really impressed with the diversity of the types of jobs people were doing that were in attendance. Um, just lots of good information shared there. I apologize, Burke. It would have been 21 because this is 23. 22 would have been last year and you did miss that one. Yeah. So it was 21. We were still kind of wearing masks, I think, at that point. <laughs> right. It's a blur. Yeah. yeah. A good blur. It's all behind us. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And Kansas is kind of an interesting state. And and Burke and Chris, correct me if I'm wrong. And Paul's going to probably make fun of my my numbers and where I come from. But... Kansas, I believe, is like 300 and just under 350 classified school districts. And it's like 500,000 students, give so or take. I think it's 283 school districts. All right. So I was off by a bit there, Paul. Good. Congratulations. They, How about that? They, they, they connected. But, but, it's like, but it's like less than 50 of the school districts represent over 50% of the student population. So you have, you have a small percentage. You've got like 20% of your school districts. That represent over 50 percent of your student population so you're a state that has a lot of small rural districts that could really use uh you know everybody can use professional development and help but those smaller schools are definitely um those are ones that are they're tough to get to 
but it sounds like you got some of them that come to you. I mean, it sounds like you got a, a good mix from all all different sizes and shapes. And, and before we go any further, um, Anthony, hello from New Jersey. Great to have you. Matt Oliver is back. Matt, New Hampshire. We were going to have a third party for that guy. He disappeared yeah. for a while. Yeah. He was like the number one fan status for a bit. So welcome, guys. Hope back to school went smooth for you, Matt. But uh, Chris and Burke, what's what, what's the layout of your school district? School student size. I've been fortunate enough, Paul and I've been fortunate enough to visit you, Chris. But uh, for for the listeners, what, what's your school districts look like? So we have, um, I'm in Derby, Kansas, which is basically a suburb of Wichita. Um, what's unique about Derby is even though it touches Wichita, it feels like its own small town. Like we'll have 4,000 people at a football game, people tailgate before the games. I mean, it's, it feels like its own town. Um, so we have nine elementaries, two middle schools, and one big high school of a couple thousand kids um, just at the high school. Um, so that's where we're at. We have uh, we have about forty two hundred students district wide. We're in, we're a, you know outer skirts of Kansas City metro. Um, we've got eight school buildings, um, four elementaries, an alternative high school, middle school, a sixth grade academy, and then our high school has a, just over a thousand kids. Wow. All that the floor at that high school, Paul. We still talk yeah. about it. You were one hundred percent right. That that wax that we switched to this summer blew it away even more. They're beautiful. Yeah. We yeah. couldn't believe the time that you the, the the amount of time that you guys were able to go without without having. I mean that that floor looked like it was just done. Uh, your your custodial and maintenance staff in the high school and all the schools that we went to, but the high school especially that that school shined. I mean your Thank your you. curb appeal on that was, was it's wonderful. A team. It really is. It, and 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 to go on the flip side to have an old building that has that that doubles as a haunted house occasionally that boiler fall. <laughs> we didn't show a picture of that boiler but that was decorated and scary as all get up that was my favorite down in the dungeon that's right you get in the bows it's a different story yeah. Oh, yeah yeah so, um, so can i touch real quick on something you said josh yeah open up to um, whatever you want so, so you know we we have probably well over 100 school districts in kansas where the superintendent wears all the hats. You know, they may drive a bus in the morning and they may be mopping the floor at night. You, you, they're doing everything. They're working their tail off. Those are the people that should be coming to our conference. But, you know, Burke and I and, and the larger school districts, we have teams of people. Um, and it's great. It's a great conference for that. But you're not going to get the content that you get at KDPF at any other professional development conference in the state of Kansas. I've been to USA, I've been to a lot of the different conferences. You'll get professional development, but you will not get the trade department professional development that we we offer. So and, and one of the things I find out when, when we go to a conference like that, it's really good therapy to, oh, talk, to talk to other people that do what we do or some parts of what we do, and to realize that you're not alone. And, right. and there's, there's so many out there and, and you know, why, why live in that bubble and, and, and try to figure it all out yourself when someone else has, you know, built that wheel already. So let, let's network and get out there and, and, you know, share specs and share, you know, past best practices and, and things like that, that, and things that worked and things that didn't. I mean, it, it's, I think any conference like that is invaluable for anyone. 100%. Cool. Yeah, I came. I know when I came home last time, I mean, I was like on a high, you know, like here's all these other people that are doing exactly what I'm doing. I was brand new, you know, like yep. coming from the private sector and 
um, it was just really great to, to be in rooms full of people of guys doing, doing what I do. Yeah. And, and let's, let's step back about the association. You're a successful association doing amazing things and you're all volunteers. Like none of, there's nobody that their day job is KADPF. So right. for what you guys, what you have, what are you building and what you're expanding and growing on since the fifties is, is nothing short of extraordinary. Cause you go across the river over to Missouri for Charlie Branham, which you're going to be there next month or this month, later this month with us, you know, they've, he's, he's got a, he, he, they got an executive director. They've got, you know, one or two other people part-time helping out. Um, and, and you know, that's, that's their job. Um, so you're doing this all voluntarily and, and, when you talk about the superintendents and assistant superintendents, that's something that's hard for people outside of the Midwest to wrap their head around Paul. Right. I mean, we yep. just got exposed to it last month when we were in Missouri and, and that's something when you go to Missouri, uh, Chris, you, you talk to Charlie more about how he embraces and gets people because we were in, um, I think it was California, Paul, that the assistant soup said he was coming yep. to the, the MSPMA conference. Like he, it was on his list and it was, it was set in stone that he was going to be there, but, hundred percent, you know, those assistant soups and superintendents, they're the, they're, they're, they're helping this. They're either, they're either the superintendent working on curriculum first and foremost, right? Kids education. And then you add facilities and it's not just facilities. Many of them are doing it. Many of them are doing transportation. Many of them are doing food services. Some of them are driving the buses right now because of bus shortages. So even just to get away for two days and do what like Burke says is like, wow, I'm not the only one that's that's in this boat. I'm not on an island. There's lots of other islands like mine, and I get to compare notes. Just that peer-to-peer uh, networking opportunity to just feel like you're not, to get that feeling out of you that you're not alone is, uh, is powerful. And in this, and in this day of, of, of you know cell phones, as I hold up my cell phone, and, and computers and email and text, um, they can all live without us for a couple of days. Oh, yeah. we, you know, they can contact us. They might, you know, we might be sitting in a class and learning but you know 45 minutes later we can return that phone call and we can get back to people and and if it's really flooding or burning they'll get a hold of us it's well and the value that that two days brings to you personally and your district is is un you can't measure it um you know just just the interaction between between like-minded people let alone the new technologies you you learn about or the new strategies you learn about or whatever it is um bringing that back to your district is invaluable i mean you can't put a price on it yeah two days yeah yeah and uh we'll take a quick one one i don't want these to get out of the way but greg christensen new new uh i think he's a new listener of our podcast so i think he's a follower of yours burke because he was on your the linkedin post i think got this all sparta but he says hello hello greg and uh Mr. Bobby Chavez from Asabet. He's on here too. Hello, Bobby. Got to talk to Bobby for a few minutes this morning. So glad to see you made the podcast, my friend. Throw some questions at us, but uh, uh, feel free to ask questions about anything. I don't talk politics, pizza, religion. These guys might talk about that stuff, but we'd love to talk facilities and love to talk about the KDPF conference. Um, I want to know, Chris, what drives you to, to do this? Like we said, it's volunteer. You have, a, you have a full job, full-time job. So, so I feel completely indebted to the organization because it is the reason I am where I am. Um, I started in facilities back in 2009 at the University of Kansas on the housing side as a general repair technician. Um, a position, I was living in Topeka at the time, commuting to Lawrence, which isn't that far of a drive, but 
in 2009, gas was like five bucks a gallon. And uh, the position opened up at a school district in Topeka that I actually went to, Auburn Washburn, uh, went K through 12 there. A position opened up as a plumber. And so I went to my boss at KU and said, hey, I'm going to put in for this, you know, just the gas savings alone is a $400 a month increase. Um, what, what do you think? And he's like, oh, well, you know what? I know the director there through KADPF. I'll, I'll reach out to him and give, him, give you a good word. I said, I appreciate that. And ultimately, I landed the job, worked my way up through Auburn Washburn. Um, and then Turner School District reached out to KADPF um, to ask if they could post this position uh, on the, on the uh, job postings on the website. And at the time, I was the media coordinator for KDBF. I, I got involved with KDBF because it was the reason that I got to Auburn Washburn, and I thought it was a great organization. Um, so we posted the, the, the job opening. I applied for it, and here I am. So KDBF is literally the reason I've grown throughout, throughout my industry, and, and I, I owe KDBF tremendously. So I'll, I'll do everything I can. It's... That's that. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's and, good. And, and I got to tell you, Chris, only because I've gotten to get to know you the, over the last year, um, your your leadership and your loyalty to your team uh, is is nothing short of amazing. And so the fact that that all started with a KDPF reach out. Uh, and I mean, you go to you go to if you go to Chris's shop, which we were very fortunate, they knew we were coming ahead of time. But I don't think it was just because we were coming. They had a team. Uh, barbecue luncheon uh, had great discussions, uh, great camaraderie with the team. Uh, you're doing a, a great, a great service and great work, and you're doing, and that I'm sure that 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 trickles to your KDPF commitment, especially where uh, you know it's volunteer. You know, you're volunteering your time, so that's that's pretty important. So, uh, looks like we got questions. For some reason, some of stuff's coming in private. Uh, but first, Aubrey Carpatrick, hope hope you hear this before you leave. Uh, we got Canada in the house, Paul. I must have, must have heard about more Paul being on here. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. Aubrey Kirkpatrick. Man, he did. He, he showcased. If you're not following Aubrey Kirkpatrick and Moncton, New Brunswick, um, he is a rock star and his team are amazing. And he, he does a phenomenal job of showcasing and talking about his operations team as often as he can. He showed a bunch of pictures of, uh, of their buildings being reopened. So, um, and we've got a question. I'm just able to pull it up. Uh, it's Greg Christensen, and his question is, Hi, guys. What do each of you think is the best way to solve the skilled trades gap? Lack of people in the space. That's, uh, I, think that's a question. I think that's a question we talk about pretty often, and the crystal ball is getting spun again. So uh, we'll let the host, we'll let the, uh, the guest with the most and then the hosts with the most go. So, uh, Chris, why don't you, you give your, uh, your best shot at that? How do we fill the gap? Is that the question? Yeah. 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 How do, you, uh, how do you best way to fill to solve the skilled trades gap? Oh, skilled trades. Yeah. I, I haven't got to that gap yet. I'm still very blessed with everybody that I, I uh, um, was here when I came on board. Uh, but I am getting ready to go into those those challenges. Uh, I have filled one position since I got here, and it was with an HVAC person. And uh, the way that we approached it um, was we we posted it down at the local trade shop. And uh, then the, my guys are down there all the time getting parts and they bumped into somebody that, that wasn't super happy where they were. And, and we got very blessed that they are, came on board and they've done a great job. Uh, but it is scary. Um, you know, as I mentioned in 2010, I was a plumber and plumbers, 
nowadays it's it's not not easy to come by. So I don't I don't have the the crystal ball on that one. I don't know the answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I've only had to hire one since I started and um, it was an HVAC guy. We picked up a young guy that had been doing some residential and light commercial um, for a couple of years. And in one month he moved cities, got a new job and had a baby. Wow. <laughs> so, oh, wow. That's some life changes. But he's worked out great. I mean, I think he was looking for a change and more of like a little bit more mm, controllable, controllable work hours. And I mean, I think we offer some unique things at schools that you can't get if you're out running service calls, you know, with a private company. Um, So I think that's kind of what we sold to him. The other thing we've done is we have a lot of high school kids that are interested in the trades. And we worked with our insurance carrier and they can actually be covered under our policy now. Um, I don't know that we actually changed anything. I think we just asked the question and they're like, yeah, if they're shadowing your guys, um, then they're covered under your policy, which is a good thing to know. Um, so <clears throat> working with the assistant superintendent of curriculum, we're actually going to start offering that out to some people at our high school level that, hey, come shadow our plumber for a day, come shadow the HVC guys, um, run some calls with them you know, see what's going on. And um, I'll report back on how that goes as we get there. But I'm excited about that. And our guys are excited about it. Um, They think it'd just be awesome to have, you know, high school kid in tow for a day and showing them what the job's all about. Yeah, I think I think that's great. Um, This kind of that question kind of wasn't it wasn't a plant kind of fell in my lap here because for those that are going um, to Missouri in a few weeks, uh, one of the subjects that I'm taking on and, uh, and speaking on is we title it working with the entitled or are we? So we, you know, we, Ken Wirtz and I, we've been traveling around and, and talking and, and trying to fill this gap, this gap of employment that we have since COVID really. And, um, you know, we, is all we heard was these kids these days, they don't want to work. These millennials, they're, they're, they're no good. They're lazy. These Gen Xs, they, you know, they've gone back to live with their parents and they don't want to. But you know what? Unemployment's at 3.8. Mm-hmm. Right. It's the lowest it's been. It, so that ain't it. They, don't, they might not want to do our jobs uh, or the custodial jobs, but the younger generation wants to work. Uh, yes. let's, let's get that out there. So then how do we, you know, transfer them into the trades and what we do. I, I know in one of the communities, well, I, I did hired for facilities manager in three communities and working as a consultant. And I can tell you over the four years that I did that, I had the same four applicants that put in from town to town. Yep. And none of them were qualified, but those four weren't qualified. I had other applicants, but these four gentlemen kept showing up that every time they turned their zoom screen off for an interview, they must've said, Oh my God, not him again. <laughs> you know, he's, he's everywhere. I'll never get the job. Well, you are more Paul. So, yeah, right. Right. And, and what, what I did was um, in the last community I worked in Dover, Sherborne, Mass. Um, I, I went to a, a whole plethora of, of applicants and, you know, pushed them aside, paper cut, paper cut, paper cut, put them, put them in the, in the barrel. 
and um, we got a call from a, a neighboring town, and they said to what uh, the uh, business manager said, I hired two years ago, I hired a facilities director from BJ's. Now, BJ's is a large box store that we have here. I'm not sure if they've made it out that mm-hmm. way, but um, it, it's big retail box store. Yeah. And Costco, it's Costco, like Costco. And, 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 and Sam's and, and those type of places. And I in, in this facility, this finance director from the school said this guy transitioned from the box store facilities director to the school's facility director without a problem. And as he I'm reading his email, I'm reaching into the barrel and I pulled out the resume for a facilities director from BJ's and gave him a call. He came in, he interviewed. And that was three years ago. He's working in the job. I, I, I recently just left there as, as a mentor for him um, two months ago. So we got to think out of we got to think out of that that realm of you know kids coming in from school or people coming in working from another school. It, it's yeah. we got to do something. There's a gap. There's definitely yeah. a gap. So, so I'm, 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 time to process. Can I jump back one second? Oh, well, look at this guy jumping all over the place. I'm going to no, no, no. move your pain to the top top left. I've had I've had uh, I've had time to process the question now. So one thing that I'm doing. Because my entire maintenance department is going to turn over in the next five years. Everybody's getting ready to, to retire, um, so I'm trying to define. I'm trying to find people on my team that I think can do the job, and and start mentoring, giving them mentors to work their way to that department. And when the time comes, hopefully they're ready. Um, it could mean a ten dollar an hour increase for some of those folks. So just trying to keep it internal and promote from within. Don't you think like for people as, let's say, a supervisor level or a leadership level, I mean, like a director level position or a supervisory position? I mean, I'm just a believer that a lot of this we can learn on the job if we're not afraid to ask questions. Um, And if you can lead and you like people, that's 90 percent of it. Um, I hired a supervisor of maintenance custodial didn't know anything about either one of those things, but he loves people and he's a great leader. And, you know, he just hit the ground running and uh, the department's flourishing under his leadership. He asked lots of questions like what's a, you know, VRF, what's a air handling unit, (laughs) you know, but he relies on our people, you know, our guys out there in the trenches to, to educate him and, and help give him the right information he needs to make decisions. So, I think a lot of it can be learned on the job. Yeah. Yeah. And re- recruiting the high school students, bringing them in seems to be getting some uh, traction here as I'm yeah. reading the well, comments. Yeah. And we got, uh, so we got, we, so a couple things, cause I'm going to round out the fourth here. Cause you guys are just, you guys hit all the points. So you made my answer very easy. Uh, first I'm, I'm going to circle back with the responses, which Bobby Shobbs, uh, which first of all, um, their school is amazing. I've been working with them for almost 20 years. It's a, it's a Voke tech school. Oh, there you go. My phone's ringing. God, I thought I turned it off there. It scared the life out of me. Uh, but he says, I may be a bit biased working at a trade school, but vocational skilled trades for high school, for the high school kids. Uh, phenomenal program. I'm going to touch on that a little bit. Uh, and he's absolutely right. This is a 450,000 square foot campus setting, uh, 1,200 kids. And uh, they're teaching these, these kids are coming out. There's 13 or 14 different trades that they can learn. And they come out of high school, many of them uh, already done with their apprenticeship or they, they're going into their apprenticeship and they can be plumbers, electricians, contractors, 
uh, wrench turners, you know, making six figures in little to no time. So absolutely, there needs to be more Vogue Tech, if not Vogue Tech, Vogue Tech programs. Um, and then Greg said that that's uh, an ideal approach. Ideal approach, Burke. I love that high school students get to shadow and experience those roles. Uh, absolutely, that I'm going to hit that. Uh, Aubrey says we have the best opportunity. Leave it to Aubrey. Uh, yep. We have the best opportunity to school districts. We have them for 12 to 13 years. We can lead them to our school professions. What a great way to recruit. We have the natural resources daily. Um, and then it looks like Greg said, Chris just hit my second question. How concerning is the risk or of loss of tribal knowledge with folks retiring or turning over? Man, I'm going to hit all these points. Let's keep <laughs> uh, and then Matt Oliver, welcome back, Matt, coming in like a firecrack. I love it. We have filled several full-time jobs with high school graduates that work for us during the school year of students. This question, Greg, correct me if I'm wrong, but I did a quick, I did a quick stalking of you. Uh, as you, it's the first time we've seen you on the podcast here. Um, it looks like that you cover just about all uh, areas of facility management and all industries. Um, and so I think your question may or may not have been posed to the skilled labor gap, which is the 3 million plus open skilled labor positions uh, in the country. Uh, we don't know how to fix that. Um, our response is going to be solely on education. Uh, and that's where my experience comes in and all of our experiences come in. Um, and so my answer is, uh, a couple fold. The first is uh, when the question was asked, we put Chris on the spot on the spotlight for the first time. He said he didn't have that problem. So the first response would be, uh, I'd be going to where the president of an association is that has a school district that doesn't have that problem. And I'd hold on to him real tight and learn what his <laughs> thoughts is. Because that's, that is, you go places, you go to Pewaukee, Wisconsin with John Stangler. He doesn't have that problem. You go to you go to Burke Jones in Derby, Kansas. He doesn't have that problem. Paul Anastasi, when he was in Newton Public Schools, building the most expensive high school in the country at the time, he didn't really have that problem. He had good staff, and it wasn't a whole bunch of uh, it wasn't it wasn't because everybody was getting pools and bunches of money. It was because the leadership was doing a good job. They understood their teams why, and they delivered the message properly to them. Um, as far as programs, we, we need to flip the script. And, and I have this conversation because I'm a, uh, I'm a millennial, uh, proud to say it. And when I was growing up in the late 80s, early 90s, in junior high school and high school, you learned, skilled you learned a skilled trade because you couldn't make it in high school and you weren't going on to college. That was the mindset. That's where the gap came from. So first we have to understand where the gaps came from, why they have them, and then what do we have to build off of them? And one of the things in, in education is we've got 50% of our facility professionals and all aspects of the role are retiring in the next five to seven years. That's 50%. They're retiring. They don't need to be retired. And that's the first thing that I tell people to look at. I have a company, K-12 Pros, full disclosure. I'm always transparent about everything and where I profit from. Paul's an employee of mine. He's a contractor. He's, he goes out. He works in some of these districts. I look forward to closing K-12 Pros. But K-12 Pro's entire idea is to bring retired facility professionals back into the workforce on their terms because there's such a gap and such a need. So I think one of the things we need to do is we need to tell people that age is just a number. Dave Pettit, I used as an example last week in Missouri, he could have retired eight years ago. Burke, I think you probably could have retired. I mean, you were, you, you were close to retirement. You were in the private sector and you came in public sector. People go, what are you thinking, right? Um, but, you know, 
people don't need to retire because of a number as long as they're still doing good work. And we need to tell people that I think that the system does have some issues with regards to schools with, you know, there comes a time with pensions and everything else where it's almost counterproductive to stay employed because uh, you've been there long enough. You can get your full pension. You got all this stuff. But I think we need to figure out all we need to look at all the places where things are broken. I think us where we're trying to find skilled labor positions, we can't post it in Indeed. Like every school I talk to, I say, what are you doing to find skilled uh, skilled team members or facility professionals? Well, we put in Indeed, we do this, we do that. No, you got to go to your community. You got to go to your local church. Your local church almost guaranteed has a part-time custodial and facility person. They might want another job. They might want more work. Maybe they want to come out of retirement. Um, so we just need to, we need to be looking in the different places and we can't, as Paul was kind of saying, we can't stereotype. Uh, if we look at I, every I, generation, Every generation is the worst generation, right? The next right, generation. Right. And those, those headlines were the same year after year. And I, and I told you, Josh, one, one of the best employees I ever, um, I ever hired, he's still working there, this was 12 years later, was my Uber driver driving me yeah. to Fenway Park to a Red Sox game. Yep. He picked me up at the house. We're driving in. His car was immaculate. Yep. He was very well kept himself. Uh, we had great conversation and my phone rang and it was the HVAC company telling me they were fixing the rooftop unit at, at Newton North High School. And he said, oh, he says, you work in the schools. He said, I'd love to get a job like that with benefits. Yeah. I said, well, you know what? It, 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 from here to Fenway on a game night, it's probably a 20 minute ride, 25 minute ride. I said, this was your interview. Show up at my office Monday morning and fill out an application. I said, yep. you're hired. He's still uh -huh. there 12 years later. Oh, that's awesome. Works his tail off. The younger, the younger folks that are that are coming into the position, many of them don't understand that, and I think that's one of the reasons why Paul, you were so successful in your role, was you sat down with your team and you told them what public sector employment looked like from a pension standpoint for retirement, the right. long game, right? This isn't a short game that you're playing. I tell you all the time, given the opportunity all over again, I'm almost fifty years old. I, I might have, I, I should have probably had someone like Paul sit down with me and go, "Hey, listen." You put an honest 30 in, you work hard, you'll make an honest living, you'll make a difference in your community. You're going to have thousands, uh, thousands, if not tens of thousands of kids that you have the that you have the opportunity to impact and make a difference in their life by the work that you do. Like how many how many occupations is there actually a result that you can actually see that you can't put a value on? Like how how powerful and what kind of a result is it? to see little Johnny and Sally that came to you in kindergarten 12 years, 13 years later, going up on stage and getting a diploma and being a, a, a fully grown, active, participating, positive person in the community. Yeah. You right. touch that. You touch that. Best day in the school year right there was his graduation yep. day. Best yeah, two, day best, year. two best days. The kindergarten kids coming in yeah. and seeing them and 12 years later, seeing them graduate. Yeah, but that, I mean that you, they should. Every employee should be in, in that in that graduation every year because that's why you do it. That's what the result is, and we need to start getting away from a public sector side, focusing on money. And and, and, these, and these things that we're talking about, getting back to, to Chris's original subject, is it happens at at those conferences, at those meetings, at the yeah. at the monthly meetings, at the you know yearly conferences where we all get together and say, how do we fill this gap? You yeah, might not right. have it in, in one side of Kentucky when you have it at the other. Um, but but we all we all need to be together on it. And, and I, I just gave Chris a class for next year, which is 
why do my people stay? And, there you uh, go. and that's we don't talk. We don't talk about that. We talk about why our people leave or why we think our people leave. But we never talk about why our people stay. Why are people loyal to us? Why do people stick around? Why do they have the passion? You know, part of it is, Chris, and I, 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 I've been to thousands of schools. So if, I, if I'm lying on this or I'm missing it, but I'm pretty sure in your shop, you've got your mission, vision, and values or the mission of, of the facilities department, right? It's a big board. Absolutely. I'm pretty sure I took a picture. Yeah. My brain is in a mysterious yeah. place, Paul. I, I was I was concentrating on the barbecue. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I love the barbecue too, but I was I was just blown away because it had it there, and they have this big screen that they can put whatever they want on. But they they let their team know every day by that board what their mission is, right. why they're there, and it's not just it's not to give kids a great education. It's to give kids a great environment to be kids to grow into adults to feel safe, wanted, and loved. And that comes with healthy buildings. Yeah. That's what you guys do. And if you ask my people, they 100% understand that. Like, it's very fun to talk to them about that side of the job and how they see a direct connection between what they do every day and our kids learning and having fun. Yeah. So, and it always amazes people when they come and talk and like, talk to our custodians or talk to our maintenance guys, you know, like other people in the district. And they're just amazed that, you know, all of my people see the impact and what it does to students when their building's comfortable, clean and safe. Yeah. And yeah. I, it's just the coolest part of the job, I think. Yeah, no. And, and again, that being able to share that, I think that there's more of that Paul and I have been talking the last two weeks, you know, I, I've been in this industry for 27 years. I know it doesn't look like it, but I've been doing, I've been working with schools for 27 years and professional development. I provided speaking for over 15 years. And this year, this last two months specifically, I have never seen more operations departments that want me to help them and their staff with customer service outside yeah. of pushing brooms and turning wrenches. They right. want their people to be better at being people. Right. And even, even I always laugh. I say, your third, your third shift custodians, when they get hired, they don't, they don't take the job because they're people, people, you know, brooms and auto scrubbers don't talk back in the middle of the night. The halls are empty, but you get one of those third shift custodians in a school specifically that leaves at eight or eight 30 in the morning when the kids are coming in after being there a couple of years, they'll tell you their greatest gift that they've received is a kid saying, thank you. As they're going home, as that custodian's going home to go to sleep, um, that, that, that's that, 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 thank you. You can't put a price on and sharing that that mission and what's important. We've gone way off the rails and I love it. And I'm glad. <laughs> and, 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 and this is okay. Cause I, I, we want more questions and more other stuff, but Chris, I got a couple of, I got a couple of key questions for you. Um, you know, if, if you had a crystal ball uh, right now, um, where, where would you, where would you envision or where would you like to see KADPF? Like let's, we're going to have Chris back in three years. Where are you? Where is the organization? Where would you? What would you love to see happen or well, expand? Possibly? After next year, I won't be on the board anymore. But um, I can easily see the organization doubling in the next couple of years. Um, we we had to turn too many vendors away this year because we ran out of trade show space. So we need to find a bigger venue. Um, and and there's spaces at the hotel we can do that at the convention center. Um, so I, I don't know that it'll move locations. It's very possible. Um, but 
but we need to expand our trade show space um and we we need to have uh larger rooms to collaborate in and do our breakouts um so i can i can easily see us doubling in the next couple of years very easily there's a couple of things in the in the works that that just recently came up um in fact there's a meeting tomorrow on it um but i i can easily see it doubling. Mm-hmm. and do you find that that potential growth scares some of your board members and because I know we went through it in Massachusetts sure. and it was a scary time for us. They, they'll, they'll tell you that it doesn't, but I can tell you that it probably does. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a lot to be said for being a smaller, um, tighter knit organization mm-hmm. than, you know, being a, a massive network. Yeah. Um, and it is scary. It's scary to me. Um, we currently handle everything in house registration, um, Registration from as far as signing up to handing out uh, lanyards and and setting up the trade show ourselves, it's a lot of work. Um, and Trisha Burke Freund does does all that work. She's out of Manhattan. Um, she does all all of the trade shows, all of the conference stuff. Um, and it's a, it's a lot of work. And if she ever decides not to do it, we're going to be in a pickle. Um, but uh, it is. It's scary. It, yeah. It's it's unbel- when I started with the Mass Facilities Group, we were you know, going to Cape Cod every year for our conference. And we were maybe 12 to 16 guys hanging around in a hotel room ordering Domino's pizza. You know, that, that was our, that was our big meal. And now uh, here we are 20 years later and we're, we're hiring out the DCU center in Worcester, Massachusetts that, you know, that hosts NHL events and, and, and full basketball and, and entertainment and, and we're, we're taking over downtown Worcester because we were right where you are. We, we need a bigger venue. We needed more. We had more vendors that, that needed space and people, the vendors are willing to, to come in and, and pay. And, and that's, that's what, that's what the membership has to understand too. You know, we had a big early in the early days, we had this big thing where it was vendors against the members and that it's, it can't be that way. They're partners. They're partners. Oh, 100% partners. Yeah. We, uh, we started a uh, scholarship fund back in 19, I believe it was 92. Um, and that scholarship fund started with a thousand dollars and, uh, we gave out, you know, a scholarship each year for a thousand dollars in the last five years, each year, um, we have given out over $30,000 in scholarships. Um, last year we gave out 10, $3,000 scholarships, um, to either higher education or, uh, uh, technical education. Um, so it doesn't have to be to a university or a junior college. It can be a trade school. Um, I believe we did eight higher education and two trade school or six higher education and four trade school. I don't recall the exact numbers, but, but in order to be eligible for that scholarship, you have to be the child of a, a graduating senior and the child of someone that works for educational um, services on the operational side. So food service, transportation, custodial, maintenance, you have to, your parent has to be one of those um, tradespeople for you to be eligible. Wow, that's great. That's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before we go, uh, before, I, it sounds like Greg might be having to jump off. He's, he was asking if this is going to be recorded. It is. All our podcasts are recorded. Most are live. And uh, this one will actually be on both the Be Ultimate FM podcast and the uh, Brooks uh, School Facilities and Operations podcast. So yes, and, and Greg, if that means you are jumping off, thanks for your uh, 
your questions. We appreciate that as always on the outside participation. Um, but that's Chris, that, that kind of leads me because I, I get a feeling that this is some of what you're trying to leave as a legacy, which is what Paul hit on the head, which is you want to have a strategic plan, but you also need to have a contingency plan. If Trisha decides to leave, and I'm guessing that's Manhattan, Kansas, and not Manhattan, New York. Correct. You guys in California, Missouri, Manhattan, Kansas, I got to keep up with all this. It's stuff. actually known as the Little Apple. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> of course like it, it is. Of course it is. Um, but yeah, I think that if I'm, I, I'm, I'm jumping to conclusions, but I'm guessing that's you're saying that you're going to be no longer on the board after next year. I think that you're, you've done a lot of work. I think that that you're setting your your team up to to that next step, which is your strategic vision, um, and and coupling that with you know making sure that hey, if this happens, then we do this. If this person stops doing this, then we do this, and we got to think about that. And that's that's big. I do consulting for a couple of associations, and one has gone through explosive growth. I mean, they went from uh, basically no money to a lot of money. And it's not all about money, but money does enable you to do things like not have your board work a registration table, maybe pay for someone to do that so your board can get the full experience of the event and looking at other things. So, um, but is there other things that are that are in your um, legacy that you want to, you're living your legacy right now, but what do you, is there anything else you want to leave for a legacy with the association? I, I, you know, my biggest thing is just to make sure that the organization um, never folds, uh, making sure that it it lives on well beyond my years. Yeah. Well, I, well, and I, I think that uh, um, I think your keynote speaker this year is going to ensure that it never folds because he's bringing, a, so. bringing an audience. <laughs> right. I heard he, I heard he's really awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I heard. Here it comes. Here it comes, folks. Get right. ready. Hey, I just want to be awesome. Yeah, every once in a while, I got to be able to throw out a little shameless plug. I mean, come on, <laughs> I don't. If I don't throw out a shameless plug, what good is it? I mean, yeah. I just, I just said that I'm, I'm with a group of people that are smarter, more likable, and arguably better looking than me. So I had to get something for myself. It wasn't going to hold out for you guys to do it. <laughs> so, so are you going to tell everybody who the keynote speaker is? Oh yeah, it's this guy. His name. His name's Joshua Peach. If you want to talk about me, you can. Uh, that, that's that's always great. My mom always likes it when other people talk nice about me. She's tired of hearing me talk about myself. You know what? So I, I will talk about you if that's all right. So right at a year ago, Josh, I don't know if you remember that or not, but you and I met at MSPMA um, yep. down at the, uh, the uh, welcoming social hour, I think it was. Yep. Uh, and we stood there and talked for – I was standing there talking to Charlie Graham. And uh, I was telling Charlie and Kyle Garrell what I was trying to do with the organization and, and my vision. And you came walking across and Charlie said, perfect timing. This is the guy you need to meet. And he introduced the two of us and we stood there talking for about an hour. Yeah. And uh, we haven't stopped. I mean, we've been to Key West together since then. And, and yeah. it's amazing what we've done in the last year. It truly is. Yeah. And for you to be our keynote speaker this year is incredibly exciting. And uh, I can't wait to see what you have to say. Yeah, no, uh, these are the, I love all the events that I get to be a speaker at, but I, 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 there's a, there's a real special place for me where I get to be a part of the year, right? The discussion throughout the year and it enables me to get to know the audience a little bit better, their pain points and all the things that are going on, all the good things. Cause we're talking about a whole bunch of good stuff. I like to, I don't like to call my keynotes keynotes. I like to call them celebrations. And, um, you know, when this opportunity came along, man, I, I, I was, it's just been, 
it has been great. I think it's, uh, um, it's, it's going to be a phenomenal event. I'm, I'm just have such an amazing honor to be that speaker for you guys to, to, to make sure that your teams uh, and your members know to live their legacy, which is, which is important. You can't leave a legacy if you don't live one. And uh, we're going to have, we're going to have a lot of fun and more Paul isn't coming. Sadly, more Paul is, is staying home for this one. So we've recruited in fast Eddie Senadella and wait, there you go. fast yeah. Eddie. He's coming in hot and heavy. So uh, yeah. He, he yeah. was actually my recruit to be president of the mass organization as I was the outgoing president. Yeah, so, he's cool. not he one is. of us. One of those yeah. guys that, that has the passion for, for running the organization and just wants to help. Yeah, he's got uh, 30, 30 plus years under his belt. Private, He started in the private sector, if I remember yeah. correctly, Paul. Yeah. Um, started in the private sector, get into schools, close out his career. He's mentoring, doing some mentorship now and... Uh, uh, gonna be exciting to bring another guy from Massachusetts out to Kansas. So, uh, we're gonna have a lot of fun, but, but you guys, I, I know you've heard Josh speak before, but you, you'll realize that it's always something different. I mean, his brain is a really, for me, a confusing place, um, <laughs> but it works for him and, and to see him, he'll sit in a room. We, we, we'll get to some of these events an hour ahead of time when we were in California and, in, in Missouri, uh, California, Missouri, um, and sat and watched the opening speakers and the, the, you know, the, the superintendent and the little groups of tables. And, and then to take that in an instant and bring it into the other room and feed it into what he's speaking about, it's always fresh. Yeah. You know, he does that. And then something that a lot of people won't do is open up their personal life to a public speaking forum. And, yeah. you know, people will hear about, his, his grandmother, his children, his fiance, and all of their life's experiences yeah. of living with his brain. My first colonoscopy. His first there colonoscopy. you go. I, I, I couldn't wait for that one to, to be done so that you could add that to you. I, I talked to Chris about that yesterday. I had no, yeah. no shame in my game. I'm doing a podcast to remove the stigma about colonoscopies on my uh, be awesome podcast tomorrow so stand by well that yeah you're really giving your age away now josh if that was your first colonoscopy 45 man it they changed it so when i turned 45 they lowered they changed, the bar they when when i was turned turned 45 my doctor said currently the guidance is 50 i went in this summer at 48 and he said the guidance has shifted back to 45 and i suggested to you and i'm going to tell the story so you have to listen to the be awesome podcast but i went and i got it they found some stuff um Two days ago, uh, my anxiety was lifted, and I, I'm I'm a clean bill of health. No 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 cancer on me, and that's uh, um, that 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 that's that's a scary thing when 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 that when that's a possibility when it's when it's looking at you in the face. So and, and the um, true the true sign of a rookie in that department is Josh had planned on coming with me to the Red Sox game the <laughs> night before the procedure. <laughs> And I said, that's just not going to work. Amy, that's not going to work, Josh. Fenway yeah, yeah. Park is a beautiful place. But it's not <laughs> a place you want to be prepping for a cross. No. Yeah. So <laughs> it would have been, well, I, would, I would have had to reschedule uh, when I, I did, I did ask the question, what would have happened if I went to the Sox game last night? And they said, yeah, you would have most likely had to reschedule by the looks of you. You would have, uh, indulged in things you shouldn't have or you would have been uh, not not in a good place so but uh, no paul thank you 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 know paul paul paul's been with me um paul's been with me it's gonna be 20 years uh next next may 
Um, and he's seen me at my best. He's seen me at my worst. And uh, he's the only person outside of my blood family. And most of my blood family doesn't put up with me as much as Paul does. Um, and that, that, that means a lot, Paul, you're, you're pretty special guy and the the stuff that you notice and catch and my brain, you think your, my brain is confusing to you. Just imagine being me in my brain. It's even worse, doubly bad. Yeah. So, I mean, we know that the registrations are going to skyrocket now that people know Josh is going to be there. (laughs) That that, that was the whole plan, Bert. Yeah. Yeah. But as a guy who's going to be there, I want some inside scoop. Like what's happening. Yeah. Tell me more about what we have to look forward to the first weekend of October. Tell us what's happening. Are you talking, that was I'm talking to you, that. Chris. I'm talking oh, I'm to you. Sorry. I thought you were asking Josh. No, that's yeah. all right. What? Okay. So I am so excited about this year's conference. I truly think it's going to be a dynamic event, um, something we've never done before. So we, we expanded, as I mentioned last year, um, or I'm sorry, I mentioned that our we need bigger spaces to meet. Um, last year, our breakout sessions were standing room only, um, literally, and uh, which is a wonderful problem to have. So this year, we've expanded to another room. So we're offering three breakout sessions at the same time. So you've got a wider selection. Um, and there's there's a whole, I think, 12 more presentations because of that. So we're offering for the first time, like, over 25 different breakout sessions. There's There's so many different lessons you could get at this conference. It's insane. Um, also for the first time ever, to my knowledge, um, I invited, so we're right there in Topeka. That's where everybody, everybody involved in the state level of education is at. Um, so I invited in the commissioner of education, Dr. Randy Watson. He's going to come speak to us over lunch and share a few kind words, hopefully. Um, and then my former superintendent, who is now our Kansas Senator, uh, Dr. Brenda Dietrich is going to join us for lunch as well on that Monday and share a few words of encouragement. So. I just, I'm incredibly excited, not to mention that our social hour Sunday night is the Chiefs versus Jets. Nobody has mentioned it today as the kickoff to the NFL. Hopefully. I'm wearing my green Jets hat today, right? Look at that. <laughs> green Jets. It's the Chiefs day. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, so I'm, I'm just, I'm incredibly excited about everything we have going this year. And I, I really think it's going to be, I think we're going to blow the doors off the plate. Yeah, I look through the lineup of the breakout sessions and I'm like, man, I want to go to like all three every time. It's I mean, there is really good information, I think, that's being shared. And, and um, it was really tough know. to schedule them all because they, they're all so interesting. And, you know, I look at it like you, I, I like, think, well, which if I had these choice in these three, which one would I want to go to? And I, I, there's not a one that I wouldn't want to attend. So, yeah, it was tough. Yeah, no, so, the, the, I, I saw a lot of the class sessions that I'm, I'm looking to. Uh, I was just going to pull up some of the session samples because it is um, the 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 um, the schedule is, is I mean, it's chock full of, um, you know, why? Uh, first of all, I'm going to give a shout out. I didn't even I, I just saw the title of it. Then I saw the presenter and I'm like locked and loaded. Uh, you got Kyle Gorell coming across from across the yeah. river. Yeah. Lee, Lee Summit. Kyle is Kyle is a bright guy have had him on my show me mo podcast um but why are learning environments changing you want to you that you absolutely want to sit in on that um charlie and lisa martin benefits of cooperative purchasing at, at purchasing of tips charlie's been on my podcast he's amazing uh, updates annual inspections on call construction services behind the build uh with dlr i've had uh, rachel and their team on the podcast they're phenomenal um you get some i mean just 
roof membranes, warranties, and maintenance. I tell you something, I know nothing about that. I'd love to. I don't sit either. In. That's why I'd I need to sit in it. Yeah, that's, <laughs> like that's like sitting in the classes that you all know you know everything about. It's no good. I mean, there's stuff in this, and again, been doing this forever. Um, active threat response for schools when a lockdown fails. You always need to have sessions like that, not just when something happens to be prepared. So, um, phenomenal cl classes. Now, the only one I have a question on is uh, that I'm going to sit in on only because I want to ask this. There's a class tennis court renovation and repair solutions. Does that go for pickleball courts too? Because pickleball is taking over. <laughs> pickleball is the number one fastest growing sport in history right now. And I don't know what's going on, if it's going on in Kansas. But the, town I the town I live in has gone from zero pickleball courts like three years ago. To, I think we have 27. Uh huh. We're putting them everywhere. And that's going to be something, the discussion piece of, you know, do you convert tennis courts into pickleball courts? I got a whole new myriad of questions about that. So I'll be in there with my notebook. It's so not a high school sport yet. That's the problem. So yeah. A couple of local guys here that recently invested, from what I hear, millions of dollars into pickleball, uh, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Uh, have started some type of pickleball organization that's supposed to be exploding. And yep. it, it is. It's taken over. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Tom Brady bought a team. I was going to say, we're, we're, we're not going to do the Brady-Mahomes talk, are we? Oh, no, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> Mahomes is clearly that, that, that. that was our Uber ride Josh and I had when we were, we yeah. were in Kansas. Tom, Tom who? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next, next podcast, we'll just bring up stat comparisons. I mean... <laughs> So, Josh, if you don't mind me sharing, the, yeah. where you were reading all that information on the uh, conference is at www.kdpf.org. Um, click on the conference tab, scroll down, and you'll see the entire list of all the breakouts and yeah. all the events. Yeah, we'll put all the links on all of the uh, – um, we'll put all of the links for registration, more information, how to get a hold of you. Yeah, that I guess that's a question. Um you know, how do people get a hold of you if they have questions, Chris? What's the best way to get a hold of you? You're on LinkedIn. Uh, I know that. I am. Um, so my, my desk number is 913-288-3721. Uh, um, I'm also very responsive to email. And my email is crockettc at turnerusd202.org. And feel free to put both of those up as well, Josh. Yep. Awesome. Hey, I got, I got a couple things. So let's talk about some of the events because the thing I like most about this conference is there is not a golf tournament. There is something much more fun on Sunday. And then I see we have another thing about cornhole. So talk about those two things a little bit. So um, we do a, a sporting event on Sundays and it's typically a clay pigeon shoot. So a trap shoot. Um, because of that, we also uh, raffle off a few different shotguns throughout the event. Um, but uh, that's that's been our staple for years, and uh, everybody loves it. It's always maxed out. I think we, I think that event maxes out at sixty six, um, and that is because there's eleven teams of six, and there's I want to say ten different stations that you go around to, maybe twelve. So you go from station to station and the claims get thrown at you a different way. So sometimes they're like ducks and they come in overhead. Um, sometimes they're rabbits and they bounce across the ground. Um, but it's just, it's a fun event. We always do a chili feed at that. Uh, this year we're doing a live demonstration from a company called Safe Haven. Um, if you haven't seen that demonstration, it's, it's phenomenal. You can't believe it until you see it. Um, but it's their window film and they do a, a we'll shoot it with uh, 
couple of nine millimeters, 45s, and show you how well it defends against uh, ballistics. Um, and then the cornhole tournament is uh, Monday afternoon. Between the trade show and, and the banquet dinner, we throw in a corn cornhole tournament, and that's a lot of fun. Um, Everybody kind of closes down their booths and watches and cheers, and the bar is open. It's a good time. And, and just cool. so you're aware, we're sending a ringer from Massachusetts. For the, it ain't me. Shoot. <laughs> yeah. Bass is going to need to be on one of those teams because – uh, if there's, if there's two guys that I got for these, it's Paul and, and, and Eddie. And, and when I called fast Eddie for, uh, for, for, uh, recruitment for this event, it was a Sunday and he was just coming back from doing his, uh, skeet shooting. So, uh, he, he's well, well ready for this. And, Sounds good. He yeah. can be on my team. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Grab him if you can. Yeah. So I guess my other question is, and this probably is like would work in any organization, but like if people want to get more involved, like with KDPF mm -hmm. or any of their state organizations, like what's the best way to do that? Like, do you just raise your hand and man, you're sucked up like that or make uh, eye contact with somebody at the wrong time? How do you do it? So last year was the first time in many, many years that we didn't have to beg someone to join the board. Um, last year we had more people interested to join the board than we did positions open. Um, so a few people weren't able to get in that hopefully get in this year. Um, but it, the best thing to do. So, so we have our Sunday events, um, which are more social than anything. And then Monday is really the big day. Monday's the, the big breakout sessions in the morning with the fire marshal and all of that. Um, and then the trade show and then the banquet dinner with, with Mr. Peach delivering the keynote there um about six o'clock that evening um and then tuesday we have more breakout sessions and then we wrap up with our general business meeting and the general business meeting is is when you have the opportunity to join the board um and those conversations start you know that sunday and monday and if people are interested by tuesday afternoon their name's on the ballot um and we hold a vote among the contingency there right at the business meeting and and that's when the board is decided for the next year all right. Very cool. I, I started out on the board as a uh, general elect, so I didn't really have a position. I was just on the board. Um, the following year, I rolled into the media coordinator spot um, and held that until last year. Um, so I was the and then I was voted in as the vice president elect um, three years ago. And that's a four year deal. So you become vice president elect, then vice president then you have your presidency and past presidency, and then you're done. Yeah. So if everything goes right after next year, I'll be a free man. But uh, <laughs> it is. It's it's been it's been incredibly valuable to me personally and professionally. Yeah. Yeah. For, for me, I missed a meeting, and and when they called me after the meeting, told me I was nominated. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how it started for me. And then I went. I started in math. We went secretary two years, vice president two years president two years and then past president two years. And then from that, I didn't have enough. So I went on to the board. That's, that's a challenge right now. in a lot of associations, they have to go from one year serving in each of those roles to two years because they don't have enough people stepping up. And right. so that, that starts with the leaders figuring out how to get more people interested and excited to, uh, to get involved. And uh, I, I, I predict, I don't have, I, I, I do have a crystal ball. I got a crystal ball from Burke. For his podcast, and I got a crystal ball for a KDPF. 
Chris, Chris probably is leaving his board position, but he's going to stay wildly involved with the organization, and he is going to see the double size and growth, and he's going to see active board members and people participate in the way they need to because I met a lot of his board members virtually, and many of them are like Chris, and they all want the same result. And if you put a bunch of people together rowing a boat together, it's going to move the way that it needs to move. So uh, that's my my prediction is it's going to, it's going to work out amazingly. And we've got uh, – to get some more activity in the chat section. Um, some of the stuff is showing up private, so I'm, I'm trying to figure out who they are. But uh, I see Matt Oliver said, we have been having that problem. Oh, this is an old question. We have a problem with keeping good people. And when we have a hard time filling the position, we seem to lose it in the budget. Um, and in the, the suggestion that you've survived without that person, you don't need them uh, uh, when they and they need to put the money in other places. Uh, that's That happens a lot. You know, that's that's the do more with less mindset that I hate and that I talk about. Uh, and I try to tell people doing their best with less, because if you if you get put in that position where you're you, you become short staffed and you still get the work done, um, there's something called burnout that happens. Uh, but but top level people just see that budget line item disappear and work still gets done. They just say, oh, the work's still getting done. But we don't think about this thing that's really big, which is mental health. Um, and then uh, these look like they might be Greg's. That is an excellent point, Josh. Go to the community and anything to get high school kids, even junior high school kids interested in the trades. Love that K-12 pros keeps the knowledge and mentorship, et cetera, in place. Skill trades keeps the world moving. And then uh, uh, I learned about Josh a couple of years ago. Highly recommend. I could use more of those. I can always oh. use more of those. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't me. It <laughs> uh, looks like I answered all of them. Unless I'm missing something, I'm going to come back to this. But uh any close? This has been so. First of all, this has been an awesome podcast. Uh, that this has had, uh, as Paul and I like to say, hot mic. Yeah. Uh, no, really, no preparation. Just this is how well the four of us know each other, and we've only met Paul, you, and I met Burke in person once, uh, and we've met yep. Chris. You've met Chris once and didn't get to spend. Uh, I don't even know if I told you this, uh, Paul, but uh, and and Chris said it too when we got to have dinner together and afterwards he says, man, I wish I had more time with Paul. I was going to mention it today. My biggest regret, you sat right next to me at that dinner, 31st <laughs> best steakhouse in the United States. <laughs> and I did not pick your brain more than I did. Yeah. And that was some good steak. At oh, 31st best. Yeah. 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 No, we'll take that. Hey, you guys play your cards, right? I'm going to look for the 29th best. I'm going to skip right <laughs> over. <laughs> I got to tell you, Josh, this is the first time we have this much um, chat coming in in any of our podcasts. I think these two guys brought it on. Oh, yeah. No, this was the shortest release time. We had less than 24 (laughs) hours release time. And uh, the the activity has been bouncing all over the place. I've got 25 or 26 chats. I I didn't even get to the YouTube. I don't know that I got to YouTube. Uh, and LinkedIn, I've been just trying to navigate through this private stuff. So this is this is good stuff. Um, so uh, anything to close this thing out? I mean, we've ran this thing pretty long, and which is great. Two things I'd like to touch on, if it's all right. Yep. So the first being that it truly is a statewide organization. I was blown away the other day um, when Colby, Kansas, uh, the people out in Colby, they're going to come to the conference. Um, mm-hmm. The person that I replaced is the media coordinator years ago was Mike Bassett from Deerfield. Josh, you can Google that one. Deerfield mm-hmm. is literally out on the Colorado border. Um, 
and Mike was heavily involved in the organization for many, many years. Um, and the, the other thing I'd like to touch on is uh, the, it, it's the whole retirement piece and retaining retired people and, and not losing that institutional knowledge. So I do have three um, people that have retired and came back to work for me, and I absolutely love it. Um, we do have to pay a penalty to CAPERS when we do that. Um, so it, it can be challenging to offer them the competitive wage that they deserve um, because of that penalty piece. Um, but one thing that I think we should really look at, and this could be something we have a conversation about here in two weeks in Missouri, is we are so, I'm in a very good position being that we're not far from the Missouri border at all. So, you know, at the superintendent's level, principal's level, they'll retire on the Kansas side and then flip over to the Missouri side and, and double dip because they're not done working. Mm -hmm. um, but they're getting their retirement. I don't know why we don't do that in facilities. Why do we don't do that with our bus drivers? Um, you know, if, if somebody's retiring from us, hey, you know what? I know Liberty, Missouri is looking for bus drivers. Go, go talk to this guy over there. Um, and then vice versa. If somebody's retiring on their side, send them our way. So let's, let's share that knowledge, right? Sounds like we need an office of K-12 pros in Kansas, Paul. A <laughs> yeah. little, sooner, little sooner than we had planned. There you Sorry, go. <laughs> expand to the midwest we're on uh, it yeah no so so this is this is th this is the story of my life and for those that haven't listened to this podcast and that's why i tell it so often because people i had no idea paul is uh, many things uh but he, he 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 did save my life so i have to i have to let this slide when this happens all the time and why he's called more paul i got that nice rec highly recommendation and then greg follows up with we need to get Paul's knowledge curated to the masses. There we go. There's always a follow-up for more Paul. And, and you know something? I love it. Greg, you're 100% right. Stand by. Uh, I'm squeezing everything out of that. I'm a sponge, and I'm squeezing it all out of Paul's brain as much as I can and collecting it because, uh, yeah, we, we're, 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 we're working on some really cool stuff. Um, what, uh, and, and and this is something that you can you're going to experience, uh, Chris. And I'm sure that we'll be able to, at some point. It's going to expand. Paul, talk talk about what Chris is going to see in Missouri, if you don't mind. Oh well, we're putting together a um, a leadership uh, course. It'll be eight modules um, using the book from uh, which happens to be right here. Of course, it is. Yes. Mine will be on the floor. <laughs> it's um. Strength Finders. Yeah. Um, Compton with, with, with Clifton. That, that will be our textbook. Um, we're, and we're going to uh, teach people how to work with their strengths. There's so yeah. many people focus on the weaknesses and spend so much time on what someone's doing wrong. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna flip that script a little. Um, there's a it's it's great. Josh liked this part. I don't know if any of you guys have taken the survey that's in the book, but there's 177 questions with no wrong answer. <laughs> because, nice. Because because it's your it's your feelings. It's it's right. it's not. There's no yes or no answer. And after taking that that's that quick survey, um, you're you're given your five greatest strengths out of 34 that uh, that Don Clifton has had identified. Um, when he was alive. So it, it's really, it, it's exciting. It, it's, it's working in, into our brains. Um, like I said, it's scary when we talk about Josh's brain, but hopefully the rest of us will, 
will be yeah. able to. I I, I want to see Josh take the the the, uh, the survey. I want to see how it comes comes out. Um, see if they can figure out five strengths with 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 what comes out of his brain. But but we're gonna run it over two over four months. Um, the eight courses we're gonna do two a month starting after the first of the year. We're gonna um, do a little promo at, at the event in a couple of weeks and then take registrations through the holiday period and give everybody their holidays and then get back to work, get to work in January, um, running the, uh, the course, um, over the eight modules. So we're excited about that. That's cool. Yeah. I was coming off of a massive high. I was in uh, Western Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh area. Um, I I just met with Brandon Chabola and his, his uh, group, the Western Pennsylvania facility directors association did the keynote there. And I got in the car, I was all amped up, get in the car, and Charlie Brandon calls me, and he runs through this idea. And uh, he says, what do you think? And I said, I think it's great. And he says, and I think Paul should be the, the teacher for it. And I said, Professor Paul, perfect. That works for me. So, uh, <laughs> so, we, we, so, so, so this has been in action and worked on since May. There's been a lot of work on all parties involved. This is uh, uh, created by Missouri School Plant Managers, uh, sponsored by TIPS, and hosted by K-12 Pros. So it's three groups coming together. Paul has been putting in the hard work to put together the eight modules. And I know that the plan is Missouri is very, very, um, they're, they're very much want to share. Missouri grew by, by, by learning from the Midwest facility masters conference and the group that happened up there with Wisconsin and Minnesota and Illinois and Iowa. And, um, and so they, they, they learned a lot from there and built their program and now they want to expand their program. So I predict that this, this program, Maybe in Kansas at some point in time, and maybe in other places, places and states. Matt Oliver's already said, "Count me in." I hope to be in one of the first classes, so we might have to put it in for New Hampshire, Paul. Um, but yeah, we're, we got some cool stuff. We're 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 running on all cylinders to uh, to bring more to the masses and to and to be able to get not just Paul, but Chris and Burke and others uh, collective uh, knowledge, institutional knowledge, and understanding and, and grow. So, and it's going to start places like ADPF. So. Um, that's, it's been a good, good episode here. Anything, anything we're missing? I, I, we've been, we've been everywhere from colonoscopies. Locked and loaded. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) AADPF to colonoscopy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is good guys. I, I appreciate it. Thank you both with Burke and Chris for making the time, Paul. I just, count on you and send you a meeting invite and thankfully you're at one of your houses or in an office someplace and and get online but i thank you for for joining and uh this has been great can't wait to see a successful event and see it in person that's that's always the best piece and uh we'll all have to raise a glass for paul uh we'll put eddie in his spot and and celebrate uh a, a successful event right he's a better shooter than me that's why we're sending him yeah <laughs> yeah oh, Greg, thank you so much for putting this all together it's been amazing and i love the conversation yeah. Thanks for being on. Yeah. Well, right. and, and, and that'll do it for this episode. And Paul will tell me, Hey, do you have a shout out? Yes, I do. Um, I have a shout out, but I'm going to leave the shout out that I was going to do for the next episode, because as I'm listening, thank you, Bobby Chavez. Great job, everyone. Uh, the, uh, as I was listening to this whole podcast, uh, Matt, thank you. I appreciate you too, my friend. Um, as I was listening to this podcast and I was listening to the passion in Chris's voice, I was listening to the interest that Burke might have in joining the board of the KDPF. <laughs> I might anonymously put his name in. I thought about 
Uh, the shout out should be for all of the unsung heroes that are in the trenches every day with a full-time job and families that give their time uh, and energy, what they have left in their energy uh, in the day to providing professional development opportunities, networking, peer-to-peer -peer opportunities, professional learning, uh, AKA the KADPFs around the country, because many of them are entirely volunteer organizations. They're giving their time. They're, they're, they're away from their families for days uh, at a time. They're given nights, weekends, and holidays for board meetings. They're doing all of this uh, to give something back. They all have a why for a reason. It's not for a, a resume or a business card. It's for making a difference and an impact. So for all of the unsung heroes that are volunteering their time for associations and organizations to make a difference for your peers, thank you. You make a huge difference. You make an impact. And uh, you're leaving a, an amazing legacy of opportunity for future generations, which is what we need in this uh, this world today. So appreciate you all. Thank you. All right. Well, that'll do it. Like, follow, share, five-star ratings and reviews, not just for Be Awesome at FM, but for also Burke Jones, uh, school operations and facilities, or school facilities and operations, I got it backwards, school facilities and operations podcast by Burke Jones. Um, and guess what? If you got a complaint about Burke's podcast, send it to Paul too. You send them to for my I'll podcast. Take them we'll, <laughs> take we'll, start, we'll start a complaint department. Paul would be awesome, or Josh would be awesome. But those five star rating and reviews make all the difference in the world for us. That that gets us rated, that gets us more exposure, and that just tells us we're doing a good job. And if we're not, send us an email. And Burke, how do people get a hold of you? So the best way is probably LinkedIn. Um, you can just uh, follow me there. My email address, phone number is right there. Um, that's the best way to reach me. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's going to do it, guys. Appreciate you all and uh, have an awesome rest of your day. And see you in, uh, see you in Kansas in a couple of weeks. Sounds good. Bye, we'll Bye guys. Bye, everyone. Take care, everybody.